Hello, it's Sunday, April 9th, 2023. Welcome back to the Worthy SC podcast. This is uh, Chip Stewart. And today I would like to share with you uh, one of the spiritual disciplines from Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald S. Whitney. Um, and that discipline is going to be Bible intake. He, uh, he has um, 10 that he discusses within in the book itself, and I recommend it um, to you. Uh, but the other nine are um, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence and solitude, journaling, and learning. So in this episode, we're going to focus on, on Bible intake, as I've said, because um, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says here, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So it gives us a goal in our lives as Christians to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness because we're, we're instructed to become like Christ. So what we need in support of this are the spiritual disciplines to help us achieve or at least get progressively closer to, we'll never fully achieve godliness, but to get closer to godliness in this life. Uh, what we'll find is without a disciplined approach, it is very difficult for us to remain on track. And it then may have the effect where we won't bear, bear as much spiritual fruit in our lives as we potentially could without these disciplines. So Bible intake is one of these that helps us um, to, to become more like Christ. And it also helps us to better know the God whom we serve. So... God tells us in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, and again in chapter 19, verse 2, he says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And Peter echoes this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. So for us to be holy, we need to understand how God is holy. And Jesus tells us, a way to do this in his high priestly prayer, which we covered in a previous episode. Um, and this is John chapter 17, verse 17, where he prays to the Father to sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So at this point, it's important for us to understand what is meant when he says sanctify. And then from that, well, how do we use his word to do that? Well, if we go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, we will look up the word sanctify, and it will tell us it's defined as to cleanse from corruption, to purify from sin, to make holy by detaching the affections from the world and its defilements, and exalting them to a supreme love of God. So that's what sanctify means. And Christ, our Lord, prays that the Father sanctifies us by his truth in his word being that truth. So how do we go about ingesting his word, ingesting scripture? Well, there's um, six ways that the author mentions in, uh, in this part of his book. And the first one is hearing. Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And something that I mentioned in the first episode, if you love me, you will keep my commands. That's John chapter 14, verse 15. So we're blessed if we hear the word of God and obey it. And that shows our love for Christ, obeying his commands. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So hearing the word of God is one way to ingest it. Some of the methods that, uh, that you could use, sermons in your church, uh, radio, tapes, CDs, podcasts, audio versions of the Bible, things of that nature. And then the key thing is determine when you can do this. You know, you get the many methods. How do you work this into your life? And think about things like maybe maybe listen to it while driving instead of a different a different podcast you may listen to. Um, could you listen to it at work while you're doing your projects? Um, could you listen to it while you are working in the yard, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So be be creative. Think of of opportunities that you have in your life when you can hear the word of God. The second one that Whitney talks about is reading. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, which echoes Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live on his word. And, and by reading it, we are, we are consuming it. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And blessed is the one who reads the word of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. All talking about the importance of the word of God and how we are blessed for reading it. Whitney says in his book, If you want to be changed, if you want to become more like Jesus Christ, discipline yourself to read the Bible. So how do we do this? Well, first we got to find and make the time. Just like listening to it, we need to figure out how we're going to do it and find those opportunities. For this one, you definitely need to have a plan and you need to have a Bible. So figure out what that Bible reading plan is. There's plenty available online and try to read the Bible when you are alert and will have the most impact on your day. I normally like to read it first thing in the morning to get me going and ground me. I may not be the most alert that I could be, but at least I'm starting off reading uh, the Word of God and not with something else. And you need to think also about what are some distractions that take you away from reading the Word of God? And also consider the technology or the device that you're reading it on. Is, is that distracting you when, when you're in the middle of reading a, a book of the Bible, like a, you know, a text message comes off on or something like that? Um, maybe you want to put do not disturb on, or maybe just use a hard copy of the Bible to read so you're not distracted by, by the technology itself. So the third one that Whitney mentions is studying the word. So why do we study? Or actually, I should ask you, why don't we find the time to study? Um, R.C. Sproul uh, comments that, here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail in our duty to study God's word, not so much because it's difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. Our problem is that we are lazy. So that's his opinion of one reason why we don't study the Bible. You know, we're too distracted, too busy. We have other priorities. We need to make it a priority. Um, how do you study? This is going deep in the Bible. You can use things like outlining the chapters and the books that you read. You can write down questions that you have about it that are answered later and ask the Holy Spirit to help you answer those questions um, that you have. Cross-referencing the Bible 
You know, the Bible explains the Bible. Scripture explains Scripture. So go back through and find all the references and, and really go deep into studying the Word. What does it really mean? What is God really trying to say? The fourth is memorization. So some of the benefits of memorization uh, are that it supplies spiritual power. It strengthens your faith. It's useful for witnessing and counseling others. It's a means of God's guidance. It's a light to your path. It stimulates meditation. And it helps you take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. That's very, very important. So that we are, when we are under assault, uh, when, when we have those flaming arrows from the devil coming at us, if we can take every thought captive to obey Christ, we can extinguish those very quickly. So how do we do this? Well, you have to select the verses that you want to memorize and, and have a plan to memorize them. You can find some online. Um, I know Navigators has, has a list. There's, there's others out there of the ones that are, are good to start memorizing. Um, do things like write out the verses, draw pictures, and, and focus on memorizing the verses perfectly. And then establish accountability between people. Maybe have someone else memorize with you and then you repeat them back to each other um, and hold each other accountable um, for learning them. And review and meditate um, every day on the verses. So we've, uh, we've brought meditation. So the fifth one is meditating on God's word. So I want to make sure that we get clear what meditation means. Um, it, it's filling your mind with God's word and truth. And this is contrasted with emptying your mind, like many of the false religions call, call you to do, which can be then filled by the demonic realm um, and other thoughts. That, that is not what meditation on, on our God's word means. It means filling your mind with his word and his truth. And what you want to do is you want to link this meditation to prayer and spirit-filled action. You might even think of this as the reverse of prayer where now God is speaking to you through his word as you're meditating upon it. And, and Whitney says in his book, it's deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, uh, talks about the book of the law. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is the importance of meditation. God tells us to, to meditate on it day and night. We must do this. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Again, emphasizing this. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Is that what you want in your life, to be able to prosper? To be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and, and, be, and your leaves don't wither? That's how we can be as God's children when we meditate on his word. And then the next three verses concentrate on the wicked. And so you contrast those who meditate on God's word and obey with the wicked. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
So what are some of the results of meditation? Stability, fruitfulness, as we just read, perseverance, prosperity. Stability, fruitfulness, perseverance, prosperity. Take that time to meditate on God's word. Now, how do you do this? Some suggestions. Select an appropriate passage. Um, maybe repeat it in different ways to yourself. Rewrite it in your own words. Look for applications of the text. Pray through the text. This one is critical. Pray through it because the Holy Spirit wrote the, te- the text itself. Ask for his illumination as you meditate on it. And that kind of goes back to if you have questions, like you don't understand something in the scripture, write that question down and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate your mind, to give you understanding of what it means. It may not happen immediately. It may happen days, weeks, months down the road. But then you can go and go back to that question you have and, and then you fill in the answer. And, and another um, piece of advice when you're meditating on God's word, don't rush. Don't rush. Take your time. And then the final one, the, uh, the sixth one, Whitney has as applying God's word. So there is value in applying it. And that's, uh, that can be described in James chapter 1, verses 23 through 25, where, where he says, But be doers of the word, applying it. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So the importance of applying it, that is why we are reading his word. It's to be able to apply it and know God better. It doesn't help us if we read it and and then it doesn't change our lives. People should see changed lives based on the word of God that we're intaking. As you're reading the word of God, expect to discover an application as you read it. Take every word as if it is being spoken directly to you and see how that changes your understanding of it and, and, and your ability to turn it into application. Understand the text and its contents for proper application. This is critical. Don't twist the word of God for your own purposes. Make sure you understand what it's saying and the context of it. Don't take it out of context. That's been done often, especially by false teachers. So make sure you understand it. And if you don't understand it, ask somebody, write that question down, ask the Holy Spirit to help, to help you understand it. But there's, there's plenty of resources around you to help you understand what the scripture is saying. Meditate to discern the application of God's word. Psalm 119 verse 15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. And then ask application-oriented questions of the Scripture itself, such as, as this. Does the text reveal something I should believe about God, praise or thank or trust God for? Does it reveal something I should pray about, maybe have an, a new attitude about, make a decision about? Or does it reveal something I should do for the sake of others? And then respond specifically respond specifically. So those are the six six ways that we can intake, ingest scripture. And those again are hearing, reading, studying, memorization, meditation, 
and application. Okay, those are the six ways. And kind of wrapping it up here, um, J.I. Packer is quoted as saying, If I were the devil, one of my first aims would be to stop folk from digging into the Bible, knowing that it is the Word of God, teaching men to know and love and serve the God of the Word. I should do all I could to surround it with a spiritual equivalent of pits, thorn hedges, and man traps to frighten people off. At all costs, I should, I should want to keep them from using their minds in a disciplined way to get the measure, measure of its message. So here G.I. Packer's talking about our adversary, the devil, wanting to prevent us from understanding, from, from in, intaking, ingesting, meditating on God's word. He wants to frighten us off. So to help us avoid this, it is best that we approach it in a disciplined manner so that we get in the habit of doing things like reading the Bible every day according to a reading plan, meditating on the text, studying the text, looking for application of the text. This this is his truth. The Word is God's truth. And Jesus Christ says he is the Word. So we come to know our Lord through intense and and long-lasting study of his word. So I encourage all of you, if you don't already have this discipline established, start. You don't have to do all six of these, these things immediately. Maybe just start with a Bible reading plan. Just start with reading. And then add hearing if you don't already have hearing. And then maybe studying. Just add on over time. Continue to expand your ability to do this. And then ask yourself, what is warring against your ability to intake Scripture? Because like I said, we do have an adversary and he is going to throw things in our past to try to prevent us from knowing God's Word and from being able to apply it especially. Apply it in our lives, apply it in the lives of others. So what is warring against your ability to intake Scripture? Figure out what those are. Maybe pray and let the Holy Spirit help you understand what they are and remove those obstacles. Then you will know who God is, the love He has for us, the instructions that He has for us. Because, you know, as, as, he's, as Jesus said, those who love Him will keep His commandments. Well, how can you keep His commandments if you don't know what they are? We know His commandments by reading His Word. And that way we can show our love for him. So we know his love for us and we know how to demonstrate our love for our Savior. That is all I have for this episode. I hope you find it um, helpful. And um, again, I encourage all of you to um, take a look at your your Bible intake and, and look at it as a discipline and figure out how maybe you could be doing it better. But may God bless you. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Hello again. I just wanted to add on to the end here that uh, this lesson uh, was given in more of a discussion format at the men's group at Dunwoody Community Church back in January of 2022. And it followed the eternal security lesson uh, that was taken from uh, 1 John and many other uh, many other passages, and it's followed by Freedom in Christ, which I hope to do soon. And uh, anyway, this is all part of that teaching thread. 
to to show Satan's world system. You know, what is the environment that we are, we find ourselves in as believers? How has our Savior prayed for us uh, now that uh, we are in this world? And He tells us, you know, he, we're going to stay in this world. We're not going to be taken out of it. How does He pray for us in this situation that we find ourselves? It's important for us to know that we are secure in our salvation. Um, that the, the Trinity holds us secure. And then, how do we know what we need to do as believers in this world? And that's through um, the study of the Word of God. Thank you. Bye-bye.